0: I always recommend counseling or seeking professional help, because I had counselors, and they helped me. It does not make you weak. It makes you strong, and i I believe that in the deepest bones in my body. But I think other than that, you really have to dig into the awareness first. Mm-hmm. So what I always try to do is I try to get to the root cause of why. Why do you think the way you think? And then you sit with that discomfort. Eventually, you get to the point where you help somebody realize, oh, is a label that was not created by me. It's something that was placed upon me. And then I lived my life through that lens forever. Hey, everybody, John Chisholm here. Welcome to the
1: All the Best podcast. It's my own special blend of motivation and devotion designed to help you find all the best in life. I just believe there's always a way to make your life better. I want to help you get there. Nothing's going to be off limits in this show. We're going to talk to amazing people from all kinds of backgrounds, beliefs, and points of view. We're going to be bringing you insights, advice, and inspiration to guide you into the coolest chapters of of your life and maybe help you actually enjoy your time here on planet Earth. So buckle up kids, this is gonna be fun. Hey guys and welcome to all the best. I don't take it for granted that you'll invest a little time with me to make your life better. That's what it's all about. I believe that if we work to make ourselves the best we can be, we make the world a better place as well. Some people find rock bottom, but my guest today, Kevin Palmieri, found out that rock bottom has a basement. In his mid-twenties, he had it all. A beautiful girlfriend, a high-paying job, a sports car, and his dream body. But he still ended up sitting on the edge of a bed debating suicide more than once, and That was his wake-up call that life had to change for him if he was going to make it. After he hit this rock-bottom moment, he went all-in on self-improvement, determined to overcome his anxiety and depression. And today, Kevin is the CFO, founder, and co-host of Next Level University, which is a global top 100 self-improvement podcast with more than a 1,000 episodes, reaching over half a million people in more than 125 countries. And now with hundreds of thousands of downloads. He's grown the podcast into a multi-six-figure business. He's given nearly 150 speeches, and he's had the opportunity to do hundreds of coaching calls. And Kevin still trains other aspiring podcasters and entrepreneurs to grow their businesses and to find all the best in life, no matter how far down they've gone. I invited Kevin on the show because I believe that we share a common dream to empower you to get up and do something cool with your life, no matter what you're facing. If you struggle with depression, anxiety, disabilities, or special needs, you can still grow and learn and expand your heart and mind to make a difference for someone else in the world. No matter who or where you are, you have a gift to bring and something special to share to make the world a better place for all of us. Well, I hit my own rock bottom a few years back, and the lessons I learned in recreating my life are the basis of my self-empowerment coaching. So if you find yourself in transition, going through a layoff or a divorce, or just want to get more out of life, use the Work With Me link on my site at johnchisholm.com, and let's set up a quick discovery call to see if self-empowerment coaching is your next step to finding all the best in life again. I'd love to talk with you. Well, I loved my time with Kevin Palmieri on this episode, too, and I know you're going to be very encouraged as he shares his story of hitting rock bottom, but waking up to find that he had the power all along to create the life that he really wanted, not just one with all the outer trappings of success, but a life filled with inner peace, joy, and true satisfaction that only comes from being who you're destined to be and bringing life and joy to others. So thanks for taking a few minutes to learn more about this top 100 global podcaster, entrepreneur, and my new best friend, Kevin Palmieri.
0: Kevin Palmieri, welcome to All the Best. John, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat and see where we go with our conversation.
1: I love it. So you're way up in New Hampshire. Are you
0: freezing to death yet? No, today it's actually as of right now I think it's 65. So the there leaves are the leaves are changing. We got some some good leaf peeping going on, a nice little temperature, uh, so far so good. All the leaves are brown? Yes.
1: And the New Hampshire sky's great. Well, oh, that's cool, man. That's that's great. I was up in Boston earlier this year. How close are you to the Boston area? I need some geography here. Yeah,
0: it's only Boston's probably like 45 minutes from us.
1: Oh, sweet. Yeah. Loved it there, man. You're yeah. just like walking through history there. All yeah. the graves and all the, it's all the history. It's just crazy. It's a great yeah. town. So yeah. it is. Yeah. So what keeps you busy up there these days? I know we're going to talk about Next Level. We're going to talk about your stuff, but what do you go out and do for fun? Honestly, not a
0: lot, believe it or not.
1: <laughs> I, I believe it.
0: <laughs> yeah, For for me fun is going to the gym and doing kickboxing and that sort of thing and then my wife my wife likes to do fun unique experiences more than i so we went leaf peeping last weekend we drove up north and we went to a mountain and we we did that sort of thing but for us it's usually like just day trips on the weekend that's really what we do because monday through saturday i'm pretty much my butt is planted in this chair.
1: I understand. I understand. Entrepreneurialism at its best is oh, a yeah. flat, a flat butt, right? <laughs> <It's> like...
0: <laughs> yeah. I would say that's a good way to put it.
1: <laughs> Strapped in. Well, man, thanks for joining me for a few minutes today. I'm fascinated with, with what you're doing. I feel like we're a kindred spirit because mm-hmm. we've both, we both have like resurrection stories and one way or the other. And I, I, I just love what you're doing, empowering people people that's my heart too. Mm-hmm. So t- take us through a little bit of your story man. You hit a pretty serious rock bottom even though you had a bunch of outward success. You know, I'm I'm just moved by the the picture of you sitting on the side of the bed, you know, contemplating
0: ending it all. How did all that happen? Give us a little background. Yeah, so in my mid 20s, so just for context, I was raised by my mom and my grandmother. I didn't know my dad. I didn't meet my dad until I was 27. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life ever, John, but I did know I didn't want to go to college. So I realized at the end of high school, I'm going to go work jobs and I'm going to figure my life out. And I worked a lot of odd jobs, but I eventually got this unique opportunity in an industry called weatherization. All that means is we would go into state-owned buildings and we would make them more energy efficient. So- I worked in attics. We would work on doors, windows, that sort of thing. So if you looked at me when I was 25, you would see a man who had a high-paying job. He had a beautiful girlfriend. He had a sports car. I had just competed in a bodybuilding show, and I Sweet. was in the best, best shape of my life. So wow. all things considered, if you're looking at me, you would have to assume that I was happy, fulfilled, and just crushing it but i I wasn't I was even at that point, I was depressed, I was anxious, I was scarce, mm-hmm. I was afraid of my own shadow, and one day my girlfriend came to me and said, "I want to move across the country from the East Coast to California, and I want to chase my dreams and I gave her every reason in the world why she shouldn't do it because number one, I was afraid of being left behind. Number two, I was afraid that if she soared, I wouldn't be able to keep up. There was a lot of that scarcity for me and she did the right thing and ended up leaving me and going and chasing her dreams, and that's exactly what she, she should have done. Mm. I didn't have the awareness at that point to really truly understand that the reason I wasn't happy and fulfilled and joyous and passionate and purpose-driven was because I was missing something internally. I thought I needed to go make more money. That was my immediate reaction mm-hmm. was, mm-hmm. okay, my, my girlfriend left. The bills just doubled. I'm going to go make as much money as humanly possible. So the the next year begins and I get a promotion at my company, which means I'm a foreman now and I'm starting the job. I run the job. I close the job out. I get more hours, which means I make more money. I'm all in on that. And that year was the craziest year the company had ever had because we picked up a bunch of contracts out of state. So at that point, John, I lived in New Hampshire. Most of our work was in New Jersey. We worked in Pennsylvania. We worked in Virginia, New York, all over the place. So if you fast forward to the end of that year, I had been on the road for 10 months out of the 12 months, every single week living out of a suitcase, just staying up for 30 hours at a time routinely. But I had my final pay stub in hand and I was standing at my kitchen table. I opened it up and I made $100,000 at 26 with no college degree. I had another one of these moments where I realized, okay, I put so much emphasis on this external stuff and I'm not happier. I'm not more fulfilled. I don't feel like I've fixed any of these internal voids. I realized that for most of my life, especially that year, I lived unconsciously. I was just going through the motions, mm. just kind of living by accident. Right. What's the opposite of unconscious? Hyperconscious. Mm-hmm. So I started a podcast called the hyperconscious podcast. And that, that was the beginning for me quite literally overnight. I stopped caring about my job. I didn't care about the money. It wasn't worth it to me anymore. It's not Mm. worth it to do this. So I have this podcast, which is a passion project. I start calling out of work. I start leaving the job site early. I start showing up late. It just kept getting worse and worse and more out of alignment. And I was just homesick, and my mental health was taking a a downturn, and I just couldn't do it anymore, and it just kept getting worse and worse by the week. Eventually, I was in a hotel room in New Jersey, and my alarm clock went off at probably 5.15 in the morning. I sat up. I slid to the edge of the bed. I was lacing up my work boots, and that morning was a little bit different because it was like there was 10 televisions on in my head at the same time, and every single one was on a different station. One is saying you're stuck here forever. I know you don't want to be here, but you're never going to make this kind of money again. If you do have the courage to leave, what will your friends think? You make more money than any of your friends. If you do have the courage to leave, what will your family think? Your family looks up to you. And if you do have the courage to leave, John, do you really think you're going to be this successful podcast guy? That's probably not in the cards for you. And in that moment, I felt like if I took my life, I would take my problems with me. Now, one of the things I talk about every time I have the opportunity is the importance of community. I texted my business partner now, he was just my mentor then, and I explained to him what was going on. And he said, Kev, so much has changed for you over the last couple of years, especially your awareness, but your environments have remained the same. I think you need to change your environment. And three or four months later, I ended up leaving that job and then going full-time into podcasting. I was not making any money. We were just trying to figure it out. But yeah, I went from making all that money to becoming a very broke entrepreneur, trying to figure out the, the startup of a business. Mm. What do you think
1: got you? I mean, you, you mentioned that 25, you were already depressed. Mm. Was it just not having a dad, just kind of growing up in that fatherless situation and the longings that come from that, or there are other extenuating circumstances.
0: I think that was a big part of it because. and again, the understanding that my quote unquote normal, I mean, there really is no such thing as a normal childhood. Everybody has it different, but I have these memories now and this understanding that a lot of my friends, families were really trying to bring me in and give me the normal quote unquote human experience. So Mm -hmm. I had a lot of my friends who had moms and dads and homes, and they would have me over for dinner and stuff like that. I think it was the accumulation of fe- of feeling the void. I think that was a really big part of it, and I think it was a lack of self awareness and understanding of you're not supposed to feel angry like this, or maybe not supposed to, but it's not necessarily healthy to feel the way that you feel. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that level of self awareness or self exploration, and I think when I made all the money, that was like the ultimate awareness all at once. Like, right. oh. Guess what? This is a you thing. It's not a external thing. It's like an inside you thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it makes sense and it's so easy to begin to substitute money and things, acquisitions, owning cars and and whatever and trying to fill that emptiness that we might not even be able to verbalize so much. I know mm-hmm. that that was the case for me, man. I when I was growing up, I, I might could be your grandfather, I don't know, but I could definitely be your dad, but you know, man, it was it was drug, sex and rock and roll and I didn't realize that I was living this this raging, you know, addictive lifestyle. I thought that's just what everybody did and, you know, having some life interruptions, you know, kind of woke me up out of that. And kind of I love the fact that you said, you know, you were living an unconscious life because I think so many of us have at some point and you had this awakening and realized that, hey, life is like life can be different from this. we can wake up, we can be alive and enlightened if you want at least to to some degree, right? Yeah. I think that's probably a gradual thing. so here you are, you know these how many years later, and you have this pretty extensive offering you know with the next level university, your podcast, your courses, your all of your training, your speaking you' you it's just crazy how do, Talk a little bit into, take us into some of the development of that because now, you know, top 100 podcasts globally. Yeah. Okay. Here you are, dude. You're like the quintessential success now. So are you crashing again? Or are you kind of cool? <laughs> How you doing? Let's do a little mental check-in.
0: Yeah, fair, fair. I, I tell people this all the time. My life is the best it's ever been, but it's also the most challenging it's ever been. It's, mm. I would say it's higher quality challenges or more aligned challenges, however you want to phrase it. But yeah, my, my life, my schedule, the pressure is definitely higher, but it's better. So I'll, I'll say that. I, I do not expect this, this success thing to be any easier than it is. I, that's not a, a goal or intention that I have. So that's part of it. But it, it, very much in the beginning, John, it was, okay, we have a podcast, and I think we're doing this for the right, right reasons. It's not to make money. The, the ultimate goal with the podcast is to impact. So, we did something in the beginning that not a lot of people do. We started hopping on the phone with our listeners. We would just say, Hey, John, do you listen to the show? Yeah, I do. I, I love it. Cool. This is my number. Let's do a call. I'll just FaceTime you or I'll FaceTime audio you and we'll chat. And mm. it, I don't want your money. It's not coaching. It's just, I would just want to add value. That really helped us understand our audience. And that's something that we have a very, very good grasp on that has really, really helped us. So, What happened was we really went to work on ourselves as, as corny as, yeah, as corny as that might sound for the first year, year and a half, it was all about how do we increase our competence and how do we increase and sharpen our characters? That was our Mm. main focus. My business partner, Alan, and I had the most challenging conversations about, look, that part of your ego has got to go. We have to be better men, better men, better men, better men. men." And it was brutal. Mm. But What that created for us was when we got opportunities to, say, interview somebody that had a bigger name, we always, I won't say always, but the vast majority of the time, we over-delivered. And these high-level guests were challenging us. They said, you should really be doing more than one episode a week. You should really be doing more than two episodes a week, really be you know, more than three, more than four. And it got to the point where we were on a live with one of our mentors, Evan Carmichael, and He said, you guys are some of the best podcasters I've ever met, but nobody knows what the hell hyperconscious means. You have to change your name. Like if you really want to grow this thing, you have to change your name. And at that point, I think we were doing five episodes a week. We changed the name and then we went up to seven. And it really is, if anything, it just speaks to the importance of consistency. As of Mm. today, I think we have 1,141 episodes. And when Alan and I partnered up I think we partnered up at episode 20. We've never missed an episode together. So mm. every time we say there'll be an episode, there will be an episode. We do seven a week. We will never miss unless one of us is no longer breathing. I mean, the other person <laughs> will still will still show up and do it. So our quote unquote success is based around consistency. It's based around sustainability and it's based around improvement every single day. That's really what mm. sets us apart, I think. I
1: love it. Well, I, I really resonate with that. And I've shared pretty openly over the last number of episodes and, uh, you know, about a breakdown that I had about seven years ago. And I've had, you know, several successful careers as a musician and as a songwriter and a publisher and a performer, you know, really over a lot of years. And it all kind of came to a screeching halt in the end of 2014, 2015. And I found myself at 58 years old trying to figure out what in the world I was even about, and I really fell into a pre I went from circumstantial depression to a pretty abject apathy and hopelessness that I didn't know if I was going to make it out of, you know? So when I talk to people who've hit a rock bottom, you know, early in life, it's like, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, Hey, you got out of it. I'm thankful. But when it's, when you're older and the options seem fewer, You know, I've talked to so many men and women who have, you know, aged out of their careers or, and the music thing, men is young and sexy and all that. And I know I'm, I know I'm mature and sexy. We get that. (laughs) I mean, obviously, but it it was, I, I had to, to, to really reckon with, am I done with life? Am I, why am I even breathing? And it really took a lot of a deep dive like you did into motivational help -help, self-help self-improvement self-empowerment and that's why i'm even talking to you because i i made that turnaround over a period of years and 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 i think there's something about that that gives you a heart to help others it's Mm kind of like if you've been through a divorce you want to help people that are going through that or if you've been through addiction you have a heart for people that are dealing with that kind of thing and so The things that I look back and see, ego, number one, I just, I didn't realize what a raging ego I had and how I was feeding it every day. Also just a learned helplessness, you know, that I was playing the victim. And some of that came out of early childhood victimization. It was very real, but I had to change, man. I had to change my limiting beliefs. And I I wanted to talk a little bit about that with you today because you help people overcome, you know, their mindset, their negative mindsets, and live into confidence and, you know, kind of overcoming those limiting beliefs. How would you counsel someone who might be listening right now? And maybe they're maybe they're not as far down as you were at 25 or me mm-hmm. at 58, but let's say somebody's really in a bad place. How do you begin to come out of that? How do you overcome these limiting beliefs that say you really don't have any reason to be here anymore?
0: Yeah, I think so much of it. And I always, if it's at that point, I always recommend counseling or seeking professional help because I had counselors and they helped me and I, that's something I always recommend. It does not make you weak. It makes you strong. And I I believe that the deepest bones in my body. But I think other than that, you really have to dig into the awareness first. Mm. There's no shortage of how-to videos, you know, how to become more confident, how to be successful, how to make more money, how to find your partner, whatever it is. There's no shortage of how-to. The problem is it's very hard to blanket statement an awareness level thing. So mm what I always try to do is I try to get to the, the root cause of why. Okay. Why couldn't you be a speaker? Well, because I'm shy. Okay. Why are you shy? Well, because that's the way I was raised and my family always said I was shy. Okay. Why does your family think you're shy? And if you keep digging and digging and digging and digging, eventually you get to the point where you help somebody realize, oh, shy is a label that was not created by me. It was not Desired by me. It was not designed by me. It's something that was placed upon me. And then I lived my life through that lens forever. So mm. I think the first thing, John, is asking why. Asking why do you think the way you think? And then you sit with that discomfort. Ultimately, I think the, the real goal is to help somebody raise their awareness. They have some sort of breakthrough. Then they can create new tactics based on that new awareness. So what we're really talking about is we're helping somebody change their identity. Really. Your identity of, I could never do that because. Okay, fair. I understand that. That was me for a long time. What is one small new behavior you could do today that is directly against what you actually think you can do? So a question that I I asked somebody this the other day, somebody reached out to me and said, hey, I'm dealing with these limiting beliefs. I realized that my identity is not the identity I want to have. I said, perfect. What can't you do because of your identity? Give me a list of five things. Bum, 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 bum. Cool. What's the lowest common denominator? What's the lowest barrier to entry for you to dip your toe into the pool of that? Maybe it's public speaking, right? What's the lowest barrier to entry? Okay, this is what it is. Cool. Go do that. And I know it sounds overly simplistic, but when people ask me, well, how did you change your identity? I just have the reps. I wouldn't feel as much of a podcaster if I didn't do 1,500 episodes between my show and other shows. I wouldn't feel as much of a podcaster Yeah, because your identity for most of us becomes what you do. So just you have to make sure you're doing the things that are ultimately in alignment with who you want to become. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds overly simplistic, but if you have to start from a small place of sustainability. It has to be sustainable first, then you can do it consistently, and then you can focus on improvements throughout the process. But you guys have you and Alan have launched so much,
1: and mm-hmm. I know having I'm an entrepreneur as well. And over the last seven years, since I launched my songwriting company, and I've wound up coaching songwriters all over the world out of my my background of doing that. I've overcommitted to so much and I've paid a huge price for creating memberships and programs and I've held on to the podcast because it's just been so much fun and I love doing it. But, and I've met people that's been a lead generator. It's been really healthy for our, our, me and our company on a lot of levels. But, you know, how do you keep from just burning out and being overcommitted, even in a, a positive way, because you're trying to help people? You and Alan are doing a ton. How, <laughs> yeah. how do you manage that? When you say sustainable, how is all that sustainable?
0: Yeah, it's, it's weird because for us, I do burn out. I burn out just like every other, every other person. But when I burn out, it doesn't necessarily mean I stop. It means I redesign. And I think that's an important thing is when you run out of gas, you have to refill, but you have to figure out, okay, why did I run out of gas in the first place? Part one is self-awareness. So this is what I always say. I ask people, how aligned is your grind? I did 250 podcast episodes in 80 days or something like that. For me, that's a challenge and I burnt out, but now I can dial it back and say, well, if I do 200 in in 80 days, that's not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. I can do that. I can sustain that. So honestly, sometimes the only way to find your limits is to go past them and then you can dial it back a little bit. The other part of it, John is, and I'm sure you can attest to this. It's the power of delegation. We have a 15-person a team. And that means right now, while I'm doing my thing, I'm, I'm in my genius zone. Somebody else is in their genius zone doing what they're the best at. So that's mm-hmm. another part of it. And then I think the other thing, too, is a lot of people, they, they're focused on too many things. They're, it's like, well, I want to do this. 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 You got to focus on the main thing. You got to keep the main thing the main thing. For us, it's the podcast. If the podcast stops, everything else stops too, eventually. Mm-hmm. Not right away, right? But eventually. So you've got to make sure that you have however many buckets you have and you're filling them at the right rate because if you're not, it's it's not going to be sustainable. So mm. make sure you're delegating when it's when it's possible and when you're able to do it. Make sure that you're getting consistent R&R. You hear people talk about discipline. I love discipline. Discipline is super important. But if you're disciplined when working and not when relaxing, that's not sustainable. So I'm very disciplined when it comes to R and R. I get at least at least an hour of R and R every night. On the weekends, it's usually a little bit more. So that's part of it. And my R and R is so I can wake up and then do it again the next day. Mm. That's fantastic. And I I think just recognizing that burnout happens
1: even with the best of intentions, Mm. you know, if you're not filling that bucket. And I I love what you're that phrase, aligning the grind, because if you're going to do anything extraordinary, it takes a serious commitment of time and energy and resources and paying some stupid tax along the way, you know, where you're like, okay, wouldn't do that again, you know, but we tried and, you know, went way past a boundary we shouldn't have, have you know, gone past. But, you know, a lot of the the great motivational speakers, self-help people that I just kind of poo-pooed, you know, before really helped save my life and turn me around. I didn't really get professional help, probably should have had it, but I really did my own bibliotherapy which is kind of what I do. I've got like 300 audible.com titles, you know, I'm way into that. And some books, man, I've, I've listened to and even bought hard copies and listened to dozens of times to try to absorb those principles so that I could overcome my limiting beliefs and, and survive much less help people, but just to survive. So who are your go-to authors and speakers who, who, Continually expands your brain.
0: For me, it was it was the the OGs. It was the first generation. So the Jim, Ro- the yeah, the Tony Robbins. A lot of it was I learned this from Alan. Alan's my mentor. I mean, he's my business partner and mm-hmm. he's the co-host. But he's been mentoring me since 2016. I've been I've had somebody that studied this industry at a greater level than many people in my in my corner. So in a way, I just kind of go to Alan. And I say, Hey man, this is what I'm dealing with. And he recommends, he either says, this is the book I'd read or he'll literally sit me down and he'll, he'll just coach me. We'll do like a session on it's, it's one of those things and it's hard to explain because we don't have world changing results yet, but he's a, he's a visionary. He's one of those people who he's connected to something different. He's connected to an outcome and he knows more about everything all encompassed holistically than anybody I've ever met. So I'm very blessed to have somebody like that as a resource in my corner. Mm. That's honestly, that's usually where I go first. I just text Alan or call Alan or whatever during one of our meetings. I just say, hey, I'm struggling with blank. What do you suggest? Yeah. And he's like, here's a book. Here's a guy.
1: Here's a YouTube. Go. And then you got your fix.
0: Or he takes out the whiteboard and says, all right, cool. What do you like? This is it. Boom, 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 boom. I don't know how he knows it all. (laughs) sometimes he misses right he's not all knowing but (laughs) but he always he always helps me raise my awareness which i can ask myself a new question which i can then take action on what's your favorite if you had to pick one out of the thousands of podcasts which one (laughs) number one thousand for sure because it was basically us crying the whole time Mm. there's something about there's something about when people are laughing at you in the beginning and they're saying, oh, there's no money in podcasting and, oh, you're a podcaster and self-improvement is stupid. Is it a cult? All that stuff. When you get to a thousand episodes, it's one of those things where number one, I realized that we're in the 1% of the 1% of the 1% of the 1%. Most people don't ever, you know, they don't ever get there. So I was just really proud of myself because I didn't, I didn't believe I could get to where we are today. So Mm. yeah. Episode number 1,000, it was a blast. It was a lot of retrospect and reflection. And also a lot of, I wonder what life is going to look like in another thousand. Wow. You think your dad's proud of you now? I met my dad when I was 27. I I met him. I sat down with him and I had lunch with him. And yeah, I think he's proud. I just don't think he could possibly comprehend what we're doing. Mm. It's that weird thing of, if you don't know what a podcast is, you have no idea what we're doing. Yeah, Right. Right. Like there's no possible (laughs) way. So I like to think he is, but there's also a part of me and there's, it's definitely part of the ego, but there's part of me that doesn't really care Mm. because I'm, I'm doing this for bigger reasons than than what people care about. And that's taken years too. That's taken years for me to get to that. But Mm. I hope he is. If he's not, that's probably more on him than it is me. Gotcha.
1: Gotcha. Pretty healthy way to look at it, Kevin. I appreciate it. So, What's the one question no one's asking you
0: that you wish that they would? Mm. You already kind of alluded to it, but I don't know. I think there's this like weird misconception of Kevin is very successful. So everything's awesome. It's like, yeah, everything contextually is very good. I'm very happy. Everything is trending up, but my life has not gotten easier. It's more challenging on the day to day. So I think a good question for for me would be if you could compare your life today to five years ago, how is it different and how is it the same, and what's different than you expected? I think that would be that's like a very deep question, but I don't know if that gets asked often. Yeah,
1: and it is easy, you know, to look at you with, what, 1% of the 1% of the 1%, you know, for podcasting, and there are so many hundreds of thousands of them going off, you know, every day. It's kind of like on Spotify, there are over 60,000 songs released every day, every mm-hmm. 1.5 seconds, there's a new song released, so if you're a songwriter, you're, man, you're in a heap of competition, but podcasting has kind of followed suit with that, everybody's mm-hmm. jumping in, but... Well, man, I just really appreciate what you're doing. Tell us how to interact with you. What if if for anyone listening who's thinking, gee, uh, uh, this guy's perfect and I want to be just like him. I can assure you I'm not. (laughs) Please, please don't start there. How how would they interact? Where would you have them start with the Hmm. podcast or the university, the website or all of them?
0: I always, and I know this might not be the most popular take, but I always say, start with a podcast. I don't want your money. I want you to listen and figure out if we're what you want. I mean, we do seven episodes a week, so we're there every single day in mm. your pocket for free from anywhere on the planet, we'll, we'll always be there. I think that's probably the best place to start because you get a good a good idea of who we are and how we like to talk and all that. And then I always tell people, if you want to reach out to directly to me, my handle on Instagram is at neverquitkid. I'm there. I do my own social media, so I'm happy to, to answer any questions you have about anything.
1: I love that. Kevin Palmieri, man, love your heart. Congratulations on the success. Take care of yourself and hope we get to speak with you again. Thank you, John. Thanks for hanging out with me today on All the Best. If you like the show, be sure to share it out with your family and friends on your social media and drop me a line at john at I would love to hear from you. I also want to invite you to jump over to my site right now to sign up for my free 31-day motivational email series. It's designed to help you go for all the best in life. If you're needing some real change, fresh motivation, and inspiration, this could be just the thing to get Get you going you can find it at johnchism.com
0: and i'll see you next time